everyone, Dr. David here, Blue Lotus Healing Center, David Jamison, Doctor of Natural Medicine for our first, is it showing up on Blue Lotus tonight? Cool. All right, we were trying some other things and it didn't work. It went through to my personal page and nobody's watching that. So apologize, it's a little bit of a delay, it was technical. So here we are, ask me anything. Now I'm gonna, I don't know if I can see the questions. I'm not a, adept with my iPad here, so hopefully if you type a question, I can see it. So anyway, ask me anything. I, you got 30 minutes for you to ask questions. And remember, if it's personal and you don't, you don't want the question to scroll across the bottom here, you can always email them in beforehand. And that leads me to what I was starting to discuss is that the first question is how can I cleanse my lymphatic system? And first thing I, I mentioned is the reason why that's so important. When we ingest food, within 12 hours it becomes a hararaka, which means immature lymphatic tissue. So it's still a food stuff. After five days, whatever we eat today will technically become our lymphatic tissue, meaning our lymphatic fluid, and then eventually it'll turn into tissue, what feeds the lymph nodes. And with that, it's also re related to the cerebral spinal fluid. All the types of fluids like that in our body is fed through there. So if we don't have proper lymphatic tissue, nothing in succession is going to be forming 100% correct. Can we get by? Yes. But here's the reason why. People will say, like holistic doctors, we can, we're trained to look at people and pick up tissue like what's going on with the eyes, the hair, the skin, and we can see where things are picking up a color or it's not forming correctly, and then we know that there's something happening with lymph because that's what feeds the other tissues. And I won't get into the succession and the timings, but I will say that's the reason why I have the 10-week metabolic reset program. Is 10 weeks is roughly 70 days for 10 weeks, and our tissue forms fully, all, all tissues in our body form in roughly 35 to 40 days. So in 10 weeks, we get two cycles through. So during the metabolic reset, um, by using proper food and administering proper herbs, you can actually start a function of re restoring tissue growth in the proper formation. And it could be something as simple as someone has an addiction to a food that they didn't know was making them sick or, or causing improper formation. So first one is, how, what can I do to help cleanse my lymphatic tissue? And the answer to that is, and everyone's going to laugh, ginger tea. So if, you, if you're adamant about drinking your ginger tea, you do it every single day. Consistency is more important than quantity. Um, you can make it real strong and drink less. You might want to drink more and, and make it not as strong. And the, the, it, it is considered universal medicine. So fresh ginger root in Ayurveda, is they call it universal medicine, meaning it's tridoshic, any body type, any digestive type can use it. So first thing for lymphatic system is ginger tea. And second of all, we, when we do seasonal cleansing, look at what does nature give us. So when you do a fall cleanse, it's amazing that the best thing for you in this region of the world is apple juice. Guess what's coming out in fall? Apples. Apples will ex basically pull the heat out that we've picked up during pitta season, getting us ready for vata season. And then, and I'm leading up to why this is important with, with lymph, 
in the in the spring when we're moving into cuppa season is when we have extra congestion throughout the winter we'll pick up extra cuppa to to protect our organs from the di- the dry light cold rough subtle mobile and clear action of vata so we'll actually start increasing uh, cuppa but it won't hit its peak until it's cuppa season so right now in february we're seeing slight reduction in vata and we're getting a slight increase in cuppa because it's protecting the, the organs so then when spring hits what does nature give us it gives us dandelions everywhere so what is one of the best things to remove toxicity from your limbs dandelion dandelion root tea even dandelion leaf the whole dandelion flower itself the plant itself but the roots very good for the limbs so there you go you look at seasonal cleansing you look at what is nature nature giving us and typically when you look in succession how nature is giving us these things you can find what's going to clear clear you for that season and if you notice there's different techniques for different seasons like right now would not be a good time for certain doshic makeups to do a cleanse midwinter if you're like me a pitta that can digest a rock we need to, we can cleanse all the time and if you're cuppa you can cleanse literally every month so that's a question for you that may be a possible question in the future um, second question how do i feel about cbd oil cbd oil i have seen or heard um, successes but i've never experienced one myself it falls back on the old saying that i that i always say that if your lymphatic tissue and your and your as an organism you're already toxic and you put CBD oil in on top of it, it's going to be hit or miss. It might work, it might not. And if you're not toxic, you don't need CBD oil. So rather than saying what remedy can fix this thing that I have going on, once we need to figure out why it's going on, and then you address that situation. CBD oil is it? You don't find a lot of people that have real clear systems, real good digestion, real good elimination, good sleep, saying, boy, I need some CBD oil. It's usually someone that has an imbalance of pain or something that's going on. Now, of course, there's auto accidents and injuries, so that's totally different. But look at why you need it. That's the, that's the main thing, because there's probably something much simpler that you could take that's going to do a better job. But that's why I don't use it here. It's not that I'm against it. I love this stuff, but um, it's not necessarily needed if you have a lymphatic. Uh, uh, hey, got a uh, got a question. I'll get to that in a minute, Jacob. What's the cause and how do you get rid of candida? What cause of what? Oh, candida? That's sugar overgrowth. I'll get to that in a minute, but good, good um, sugar fungus overgrowth. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. So number three, what does a, a coated white tongue mean in the morning? So everyone that comes here, we teach them to scrape their tongue and get used to looking at the tongue. If you see a bright white, like the color of a paper, it's more kappa, spelled K-A-P-H-A. Some people say kappa, but when I was in India, I had the pronunciation police after me, and they kept harping on me that the H is silent, so kappa. So if you want to impress your Ayurvedic friends, say kappa. Um, So anyway, white-coated tongue is more ama-related to kappa. If it's grayer, and more brittle it's more vata because vata is dry light cold rough subtle mobile and clear kappa is heavy dense slimy cloudy so if you think of the difference the one's heavier and denser and cloudy and gooey the other ones you might have to chip it off and then pitta it'll look more um, 
yellowish orange or even a, a darker brown that's different than the brown associated with vatex. So basically what it means is that your lymphatic, we're back to lymph again, that your lymphatic system is a little bit clogged and there's stuff showing coming up through your tongue. Uh, number four, what is a healthy breakfast with, according to Ayurveda? That's kind of a trick question. So some people shouldn't be eating breakfast, especially people that aren't hungry. And then also based on what you're trying to accomplish is what you would eat. There's some people that need density. They need that calming action of a full belly. There's a lot of people that don't need that. And so first thing you look at, am I hungry when I wake up? And if I am, how long from the time I woke up until I got hungry? If it's three, four, five hours, then there's something, there's something up with your agony. Your agony's off a little bit. So balancing your agony and your digesting, digestive function is very important. So a breakfast is all about your digestive function. If you don't have proper digestive function, a lot of times you need to kindle agony throughout the day, then take in a larger meal midday. If, if you need the calming action of, of food, when a, in a vata case or an emaciation case, then you need to eat. Very good, uh, very good um, basically close to tridoshic breakfast is oats with ghee. And I say that to everyone. Or if you're more cuppa related, you could stew green apples where you bring the energy up with the, the stewing from the stove, maybe even a little bit of cinnamon and stewed green apples. So that's gonna have an astringent nature that will pull out toxins from the lymph. So it's not a clear cut answer. Remember when you guys ask me questions, a lot of them are gonna be clear cut because you can ask Meg downstairs. I've never had two people live, leave here getting the exact same formula and the exact same product. It just doesn't work like that. So it's what's up with you. Um, Next one, is it okay to drink coffee? Yeah, yeah, you can drink coffee. Just And see, that's the thing about Ayurveda is you understand what it's going to do to your body, what it's gonna to do to your metabolism, and you plan for it, you can eat, you can indulge. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having chocolate once in a while, but you don't have it three times a day for 80 days straight. But drinking coffee, a lot of times where there's a, an inert situation, and that happens a lot more with people that are cup of do dominant, where they're not moving well, or sweating or getting worked up, a lot of times they need the coffee to get them going. So there's, there's different times it's, it's useful. It's really not good for vata, and us pittas are freaking addicted to it. So vata will make them shake, and they may think it feels good. They'll be like, oh, I love being wired, and then they can't sleep. That's not a good thing. So is it okay? Again, we're back to the same thing. Yeah, it can be okay. Uh, how often should we get tested for HTMA and how long do we have to take supplements? That's a question regarding the hair tissue mineral analysis. That That is um, uh, a system that I use for testing the um, mineral makeup of the person and heavy metal toxicity, things like that. How often should you get tested? I, I don't know, year, once, once or twice a year is fine. It doesn't have to be done uh, quite often. And how long? Well, that, that's up to you. Look at the results and see what's coming through, see how you feel. I mean, that, that's kind of like saying, I, I feel wonderful when I go for a walk. How long, how often should, should I keep walking the rest of my life or do I stop when I'm 60? You know, so it's, that doesn't really jive. That's kind of like saying, I'm, I, I love eating healthy food, but I'm gonna stop eating healthy food. So I, I don't know, completely understand that, but um, it would be, I would get tested once or twice a year, 
and how long to take supplements that are beneficial to you and you're seeing results, well, the, that's going to be up to you. Um, what should I do when I feel a cold coming on, like a sore throat, a stuffy nose, things like that? Remember, everything is going to be balanced back in lymphatic tissue. So you would treat that as a lymph issue. Because here, here's the thing. Modern medicine has taught us that we catch colds and it's cold season and things are going to get us. Like we're walking along and you walk under the cold tree and it jumps down on you and gets you. No, th this is the way I always describe it. Let's pretend this mug here is my immunity. And it, let's pretend it's empty. Not right now, it actually has ginger tea in it. So we'll pretend it's empty. Now if it's empty, that means my lymphatic system and my immunity is firing on all cylinders. So if I'm exposed to people coughing, like an allergen, uh, toxin, pathogen, anything that's gonna come in is considered foreign invader. The body has all this room in here, has all this room to deal with it. So it falls into the cup, we deal with it, and it's eliminated through proper channels. But nine, uh, I don't even know what percentage, a good majority, if not real close to everyone in the Midwest that's not properly cleansing, they're gonna walk around with their cup full. So the thing's full. Now, let's pretend one drop of liquid is an allergen or a pathogen. And it goes in, there might be, some might spill off the side, okay? So what happens during cold season is that the decrease in temperature, our, our skin uh, constricts, the pores constrict. We actually breathe out through our skin toxins every day. So now when it constricts, there's nowhere for it to go. And then we go, you're, you're introduced to an allergen or a pathogen around people coughing or sneezing and all that. Normally, just kind of go in and go, come in and go out. Well, now there's no room because it's not coming out through the skin and you're exposed to it, so it spills over. And guess what? Since you're not doing the cleansing, you go into a cleanse. So what a cold is, is a forced cleanse. It's saying that you're not correct in your, your microbiome and your toxicity so you're exposed to something that nature says, well, hey, if you're not going to do it on your own, self-preservation, we're going to knock you right on your back. You're going to lay down. You're going to cough things up. You're going to get it out. And that's what a cold is. So first question I say, well, so well, the question is, what should I feel when it's coming on? You're going to have to go back to lymph. So it's basically a treatment of lymph and toxicity. So you've got to go back through and start looking at what have I been eating? What are my lifestyle and diet? What's it been like? Have I been staying up too late? and start adjusting. There's no such thing as an effective remedy. Not in allopathy, you know, Western medicine, or holistic medicine, natural medicine, whatever you want to call it. Remedies are, you, you might take a remedy and get lucky that it helped the, the root cause. Because everything in pathology, even though we're, we're lied to, has to do, there's an origination. There's an origination. And then we also carry around latent latent um, imbalances and that would be having your cup full so it's sitting there waiting to happen when it's exposed boom starts flowing now it can't get out through the skin so then it starts trying to go here starts trying to go here then it comes out people say well i always get pressure here so on and so forth so my friend in the other room asked me if i was going to be able to fill the 30 minutes i'm like okay i think i do it about three questions so anyway, uh, what can I eat, take, apply to my hair and my nails to grow better? See, that, go 
here we are back at lymphatic tissue so if you get your diet and your and your agni your digestive function you're eliminating correctly all the tissues in sequential order start producing better so asking for a remedy on how to get it to grow better and you're eating ice cream every night ah your guess is as good as mine i mean there's some ayurvedic oils you can try but i wouldn't i have no idea if they would work because if the if the lymph and the digestion isn't functioning correctly then here we are back at remedies so but to answer your question there is some very good ayurvedic oil and i actually have some here if someone wants to know about growing their hair better um, i have some ayurvedic oil that's used to grow hair nails is actually a um, what's called a mala or a waste it goes out and doesn't come back it goes out and doesn't come back and it's actually has to do with bone function ashidatu so when ashidatu which is what is it fourth or fifth tissue sequentially that's produced remember it's going to go lymph red blood cells muscle tissue fat tissue um, after fat tissue we have bone then we have bone marrow then we have reproduction tissue then we have immunity so it goes in that order it takes about 35 40 days to produce so it's farther down and another thing the only the only time vata is in a tissue formation guess what bone production because it's brittle it's it's porous so if nails are a mala a waste of ashidatu then that means there's a problem with ashidatu but see going back here so if someone if i figured out the person needs help with their bone growth well we're not going to just treat bone growth we're going to go all the way back to rasadatu and treat that okay how much ginger tea water should i drink a day you know i was thinking the other day if you really wanted to, you could make it super strong, your ginger tea, and do like a shot every hour. You could do like one, three ounces. I mean, might make it super strong. And then drink some water. But remember, the ginger root tea is in, the, is in water. So the hydration is there. And also, Ayurveda describes um, water as ruksha. It means draw, drying in, in Sanskrit. And what, what it means is it pulls. So the example I always use, if you take a baseball mitt, dunk it in a bucket of water, come back, set, it on, set it on the table, come back two days later, is it going to be soft and supple and workable? No, it's going to be stiff. Okay, so water actually dries and pulls. So you have to watch, and people get addicted to water. I've seen a lot of people uh, with issues addicted to water and ice. So how much? You're going to have to look at how you feel. How, what's your weight like? What's your tongue look like? Um, are you eliminating uh, properly? So there's really no clear-cut answer, but I would say definitely get at least a quart of, of um, ginger tea each day, three to six ounces an hour. If it was only a quart, it'd probably be closer to three. And then you can mirror that with, with um, water if you really need to. You're just going to be using the restroom a lot. I personally get cravings for water, and that's when I'll drink it. rest of the time, I'm sipping on ginger tea because it's made in water. Um, and then that leads me to, I did have a question from someone, and it was, um, they did mail in a, uh, or email it in, and it has to do with um, several things. And I'm just going to touch on them briefly, and then I'm going to give an overall answer on the whole thing. So they're very technical. Like, um, the first one is regarding a multivitamin. Um, what do I think about vi the vitamin B portion of the multivitamin um, interfering with sleep? Okay, that's the first part. What's the minimum number of times to take your vitamins per, per day? And uh, another question regarding sweating, and if the sweat evaporates, would what's being detoxed from our body 
go back into our system. And then lastly, has to do with a lot of different uh, things that I'm not 100% sure how to answer. So I'm going to start with, the, with some basics, and then I want to talk about the overall questioning. Um, I've never read a strong account of vitamin D causing sleep issues, and I've never witnessed it. I've never experienced it. I know that I've read briefly, but anything that's being used properly isn't going to have that amount. And also, if it's found in a multivitamin, I, I'm sorry, an amount that w would disrupt sleep, if it's found in a multivitamin, and we're talking about something that's synergistically set up, and someone feels that they're actually not, that, that it's throwing off their sleep, then I'm going to I'm going to say, I'm going to call boo on that, and I want to look at why is this happening. Because if you're having a reaction to a multivitamin, that's, that's the issue, not the ingredients. And second of all, minimum number of times, I mean, consistency is the best, and the more you spread it out, the better the absorption. So rather than taking everything all at once in the middle of the day, if you spread it out, you're going to better your absorption. But remember, our absorption and our digestion is best midday. So our... Our digestive function actually follows the sun. So when the sun's at height, you can digest the best. Um, regarding sweat, sweat again is a mala. So it's a mala associated with, uh, boy, my teaching ability right here. I'm going to say fat production. So if someone knows, wants to look it up real with, um, uh, uh, yeah, it's, I'm 90% sure it's a, it's a um, waste associated with fat production. So, um, goes out and doesn't come back okay so it's a mala it goes out and doesn't come back so the reabsorption from sweat isn't really an issue I've never read anything about that I've never thought much about it um, but what I'd like to impress upon this person that asked these questions and I appreciate the questions coming in the mindset the mindset is way off on this if you're trying to heal yourself and trying to get better and you're asking these questions you're way off there's got, you got to, the person that wrote these needs to spend time dealing with their mind. They need to get out of their own way. If you're really asking why or, or if the B12 component of a multivitamin is going to keep you awake, there, there's something deeper here. So what we've done, like I mentioned, the 10-week the metabolic reset is a lot of it has to do with normalization. Now, the reason why I bring this up, and it's important, when we start shifting into, so here we are now, we want to shift over and up. So we want to raise, raise our vibratory nature. When we do this, a lot, most of the time, the human organism is not prepared to receive this. Okay? The human organism will gladly accept a familiar misery more than it will an unfamiliar happiness. So what happens is I'll see people, they get better, they get better. Oh, wow, we're doing great. Boom, they slide right back. Then they come back and we get better, 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 slide right back. So the normalization, meaning when we go up here, and this is in business too, so it's normalizing. So you get to here and boom, you cut it. We're not going to go back down. We're going to stay up here. So asking these questions is telling me that you're not getting off square one. You're stuck here trying to figure out stuff that's, got, that's immaterial got nothing to do with your health so we spend all our time trying to figure it out and like Einstein said you can't use the same mind to fix your I can't quote him exactly but 
something along the lines, you can't use the same mind to fix your problems that created the mind. So you got to get out of your own way. And like I go to another holistic doctor because I'll kid myself. I'll read my pulse and go, ah, yeah, you'll deal with that later. We all do that. It's just like this morning, getting ready for meditation, but I talked myself into doing something else. You know, I admit it. I, I miss them once in a while too. So if you're worried about the B12 or the B component of your multivitamin and whether or not sweat is being reabsorbed with toxicity, we got to deal with something else. There's something else going on here. Things need to get normalized in a much better fashion that's going to allow you to become healthy. It's just like I, when I was quoting the other day. Abe Lincoln said that folks are about as happy as they've decided to be. And I said, you know what? I'm going to steal that a little bit. That people are about as healthy as they've decided to be. Now, if you're going to sit there and think that I got all these little things going on and things are attacking me and I got to do this and I got to make sure I get this test and I got to do blah, blah, it, it, you're not going to, you're not normalizing. That's where you're, you're normalized there. To normalize into a natural health, there's going to be, you're going to have to look at dropping preconceived ideas, false beliefs and actions that are keeping you normalized. And the only way to move to a higher normalization is through exchanging or replacing the old actions and the old thoughts with new actions and new thoughts. So answering these questions isn't going to do whoever that asks that, those questions is not going to do you one bit of good. Sitting down and having a talk with yourself and saying, I'm ready to go and I'm going to dig in and I'm, I'm, I'm getting rid of all my fear, that's how you do it. Because then when you get to the new normalization, hopefully you can um, hang on. And that's why the 10-week ten ten metabolic reset, get two tissue um, cycles and the majority of that 10-week we have reading assignments and we go through mindset because structuring mindset and normalization is the only way it's going to work. There's no way it's going to work any other way. I have very, very dear people that come to me that I really feel a lot for and I really want to help them and I'll listen to their excuses. And they're very good excuses in their own mind, okay? But they're still coming to me to help them and I point them out and, and they don't want to deal with them. So the normalization has to be leaving and going to something new and replacing the same action or the old actions with new actions, old thoughts with new thoughts. And this happens for business too. And like uh, I own part of a marketing firm and when we're talking to a businessman, they'll say, oh my, we're doing 100,000 a month right now, we wanna do 200,000. I say, have you ever done 200,000 before? Nope. Well, we gotta talk about normalization because even businesses will inadvertently sabotage themselves once they go to a higher level. They don't know they're doing it and they don't want to do it, but the normalization isn't there. Another example is a golfer. You, you know what a bo bogey golfer is? Someone who gets one over par every hole. And, and, I, and I've witnessed this myself. A bogey golfer that starts out on the first hole and, and gets a birdie, so he's one under. Invariably, within the next two or three holes, he's going to at least have a double or a triple bogey, and then it becomes normalized to him. He may rant and rave, bang his clubs and everything, but that's what he's always done. That familiar misery is a comfort. Like, ah, yeah, I hacked it around today and I broke my putter. Well, rather than saying, yeah, I shot two over and all my clubs are fine. So the, I know it sounds crazy, but the normalization is very important. And 
That is about 25 minutes right now, and I'm going to ask this question right here. Jacob, uh, Jacob, you asked about the, oh, Jake, I know who this is. What's the cause of um, candida? Well, candida is an overgrowth of, or candida, uh, some people pronounce it that way, is an overgrowth of a fungus that's in our gut. And we all have a, a natural amount and a healthy amount of um, candida albicans, as I think is the full name. Yeah. The, um, what happens, though, is through overuse or even one-time use of an antibiotic and the obliteration of our microbiome, those are the main, uh, the main issues. And I'll get into a couple more. The fungus is strong. It can overtake the microbiome. So how to get rid of it, that is definitely a bowel and lymph thing. But it's very tricky because here's the thing. Depending on the person's makeup and their digestion, it's got to go about it totally different. And I'll give you an example. Someone with me who's more of a uh, pit to nature where we have strong acne, um, we're good at following um, protocols. In fact, the, there's an old saying with, with pittas, you give us one thing to do and we come back with a color-coded notebook when we have 12 things going because we just it's like a competitive um, thing that we want to do. It's going to be a totally different approach than someone that, say, is, is building, um, they've got issues in the bowel, and they have a, uh, an accumulation issue. So a candida situation like that is going to be more clearing. The other, another one may be more, more balancing. But I'll just throw out some things. Ginger tea, of course, is going to be tridoshic. You've also, you also have different herbs. One of the great things about our clinic here is we're surrounded by, by black walnut trees. Black walnuts, one of the best ways to kill fungus overgrowth. And you look in nature, white pond lily. White pond lily does not allow bacteria or, or fungus to grow on it in the pond. You have a murky black pond, and you'll see this beautiful lotus or, or lily. It doesn't pick up fungus. So when we ingest that, it rids it of it. Then propolis, the little glue that holds the, um, the bees' honeycombs together, another thing, no fungus. So when we ingest those, it dries it out. But there's lots of tricks to it. Because if the lymph isn't to is toxic, you're going to keep bringing it back around. It's going to get circulating. And secondly, if there's problems in the bowel, all that's got to be eliminated. So a lot of times in eliminating candida, you also have to look at repopulating the bowel and getting that healthy. And that in and of itself is very tricky because most of, if you've ever seen a colonoscopy, you'll see that there's a cake typically coated with, with dry, hard mucus. So now... Or probiotics can't get through that. So you have to work on a clearing mechanism, a repopulation, or um, I'm sorry, a rebuild of the mucosa layer in a healthy nature before you repopulate. But getting all the way back to candida, you've got to clear it first. And one of the best ways is a bowel formula. Just make sure you're pooping everything out. So you're killing fungus, pooping out. So what, uh, what's the cause? Uh, like I mentioned, the, the worst is any antibiotic antibiotics. Second of all is heavy metal toxicity because a lot of times um, heavy metals will trick our receptors into accepting heavy metals where something else should be fitting. Um, chemicals and even believe it or not stress and we can all do it right now. I can shut my eyes and think about stuff I don't really want to think about that stresses me out and I can feel it in my gut. And We can all do that. So that goes back to normalization. If we're going to repeat thoughts we need to continually repeat thoughts that are of us already healthy. Not like a hoping nature. Not we're like, oh my God, I hope I take this turmeric and it makes me more... No. The turmeric's supporting the normalization in 
the mindset of a up and over, meaning you're going to go, here's where you are normalized. You have health goals, you're going to go over, and you're going to go up. And we have to cut. You've got to draw a line there. Because if we keep swinging back, then you've got to start over. So the normalization is found, and I'm going to keep repeating this probably a lot, but um, normalization is found in professional athletes, businesses, people that want to adjust their health. And, and here's the thing, and this doesn't lie. People with multiple person personality disorders have been documented thousands of times that when they're one personality, they have pathology, meaning disease. Let's say diabetic. So when Bill... When he's Bill, he's diabetic, but when he's Bob, he's not. It's the same Galdarn tissue, the same tissue, the same physiology. One has pathology and one doesn't. Why? Pure belief. Bill doesn't know he's Bob. Bob doesn't know he's Bill. And then if you take, if you even take um, hypnotists, and this is fascinating, the word of the hypnotist tells the person something is true and they adhere to it very strongly, like there's an account that I read recently where a world-class powerlifter, an Olympic powerlifter, under hypnotist, uh, uh, being hypnotized, was told that the pencil on the desk in front of him was so heavy that he couldn't lift it. And he literally, the account stated, and this was, this was documented, the account stated that he tried and tried and his muscles were popping, his veins were popping, and the next day when they interviewed him, his arm was sore, completely sore and tired, and he could not lift that pencil. Okay, so... He fully, under hypnotist, uh, uh, being hypnotized, believed what the hypnotist told him, and he was unable to lift a pencil. When Bob is Bob, he's, and I can't remember if I use which name, he's got, he's diabetic. But when he's Bill, he's not. It's the same tissue. So when we're talking about normalization, if you see what I'm getting at, we gotta, we gotta really start working on that. We gotta work on normalizing it so that, we're, that way we're able to accept this new health. People all want to be healthy, but nobody wants to get healthy. And that's the thing. We're in our own way. So having a way to shift the normalization is where it's at. And that's uh, over a half hour, and I'm going to get rolling here. I thank everyone for watching. This is absolutely cool. And next time, please shoot me more messages and um, send in emails to Meg. She'll, she'll print them out. And I hope I didn't – I mean, some of the things I say, I got to – you're not – you don't want me to sit here and sugarcoat this stuff. There's all that crap you can look up on Google. What you need is a dose of reality. What we all need is a dose of reality. We can sit there in la-la land and think things are going to get better by taking turmeric or something like that. It just doesn't work like that. So anyway, David Jamison, Doctor of Natural Medicine. I'll be back next Monday and look forward to seeing you soon. Take care.